Welcome back. It's so great. Praise the Lord to see all the faces in the house tonight. I hope everyone's feeling so much better. And those of you that are at home, we miss you. Get well soon. Come back and be with us. Live streamers, thank you for tuning in. Go ahead and get settled. We're going to get started this, this, after, this evening. Um, just a few reminders for announcements. Um, there is Joy Fellowship this Sunday. It's going to be at 5 p.m., and they're doing a white elephant exchange. So for those of you who don't know, just bring a random gift and wrap it up. That's going to be so fun. I'm sure it will be. So please join them this Sunday at 5 p.m. Um, and then one week from today, so December 14th, next Wednesday, will be the ugly sweater party for the youth. So you have a week left to get your supplies and come up with your ideas. And certainly, if you don't have a sweater, ugly sweater, that's okay. Come on and, and still have fun. So that'll be during church. So make sure you bring your sweater with you. Um, on December 17th is the Ladies Cookie Exchange. There is a sign-up in the back. And this Sunday is the absolute last day to sign up. So... If you have forgotten, please don't forget. You have today and you have Sunday. We have to put a cutoff so we know how many cookies to make. Um, so please sign up in the back. And also, if you have signed up, please go ahead and add your phone number on there. Um, we want to reach out and kind of give you some details and let you know in advance a, a few things. So please sign up and put your number back there also. Um, we promise we won't share that. We do also have our Christmas Eve candlelight um, service this year at 6.30. So mark your calendars. That's a different time than we're usually here. So that'll be at 6.30. Our Christmas Day service is at 10 a.m. What a great, what a great way to just show the Lord that you love him by making some time for him on Christmas Day, you know. So please plan to be here for that if you can come and join us 10 a.m. on Christmas Day and then we will be starting our 21 days of prayer in January that starts January 8th through the 28th there'll be more announcements for that to come but just kind of a heads up on that those are all of our announcements of course before we start this evening we want to just go ahead and open up in prayer we believe in the power of prayer, and certainly we know that when we pray, that our prayers don't fall on deaf ears, that when the children of God pray, that he hears us, that our God is alive, and so let's just pray this, this evening, just invite his presence here. So Jesus, we just thank you. Thank you for your love that you've lavished upon us, that we can boldly come and speak to the Father. Lord, we just thank you for your love and for your compassion upon us. Lord, we came here tonight because we need you. We say that you are vital in our lives. And we need Emmanuel. Lord, we know that you are here tonight, and by faith we believe that your presence is here because all of us have gathered in your name. So we pray that your presence would be tangible in this house tonight. Lord, we know that there is no one that has encountered you in the scriptures that was not changed in your presence. So Father, we pray that you would change us tonight, change our hearts, change our minds, Lord, that our eyes would be upon your son. Thank you for everything that you've done for us, for everything that you're gonna do. Thank you for this house, Lord. Come and be with us in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Stand to your feet. Let's give him all the praise and glory tonight.
so good. You never give up. You never give up on me. Oh, what joy I found because of your love, because of your love for me. My God, so good. You never give up. You never give up on me. Oh, what joy I found because of your love, because of your love for me. I praise your name as long as I'm breathing. 
gift it is that we serve a God who keeps every promise that he's ever made for us, that he's coming back for us one day, that even now he's prepared a place for his bride, and he has called our name, that he heard our cry, and he has answered us. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, that you are there. But even when we don't i 
make my heart pound when you feel the room you're hearing i know you are moving i'm hearing i know you will feel me come down spirit when you
nothing can compare. No worldly treasures will ever amount to one touch from him, one word from him. Oh, just give us your presence, Father. We just ask for more of you. Fill our cups to overflowing. God, I thank you that where your light is, darkness cannot be. And if that your light is in us, we can be made whole again. Just work out anything out of us, Father, that needs to be taken out. We want more of you, God. Let us be your light on a hill, Lord. Let us shine for you, Father. Let people see us and see you, Lord. We just want more of you. My God so good who never gives up on me. What joy I have found because of his love, because he first loved. so good Lord we love you and we just thank you Father that we can just come and worship you together just have your way with us tonight in Jesus name amen well amen we're so glad to have you here if you would just go around and greet some of your family of faith and kids you are dismissed Well, hey everybody, Merry Christmas. We're there, aren't we? Almost. Almost. Tithing offering, if you have something to give, you can prep that. Uh, envelopes are in chairs in front of you. If not, one of our amazing ushers will help you out. Um, also, if, if, uh, if you have Thanksgiving offering, that we took it up a couple weeks ago and you haven't turned in, you can still keep sending that in. Those goes in the yellow envelopes. We'll leave those out there for a couple more weeks before we put those away. But we appreciate your faithfulness to the house and your giving. And uh, your faithfulness is evidence of the faithfulness of God. Amen. And we are a reflection of his goodness in our life and what he uh, consistently does for us. And we live in that, don't we? It's by God's faithfulness that we live. So I, I know as you give is a reflection of his faithfulness. Let us pray. Lord, I thank you. Uh, come to your house to be with you. Some time of worship. Some time of fellowship together. Uh, Lord, we love to come together. We love our time together. But because of you, that's why we love it. And Lord, we love you. As we give tonight, we are appreciative of your faithfulness and this the giving is a reflection, a response 
because of your faithfulness. And in it we live, and we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. You can bring it if you have it. Uh, one more announcement, uh, cards for the nursing home outreach. Uh, those could be here by Sunday, okay? They need to get that together. So by Sunday, if you have some cards, if you want to go get some, a pack of cards or something, and bring them, you can give those to either Mike or Al, and they'll put something together where they get uh, those out to bless those in the nursing home. I I'll tell you a story real quick, not a story, but something is a story, but um, at, the, at the Botkins Church, they did some local nursing home outreaches with the kids' ministry, which they do sometimes. They take the kids and sing Christmas carols and do some stuff, and they actually put together some plates of fruit that they took there. But they went to a nursing home, and they said that the tenants of the nursing home, while they were there distributing, they said the, the folks were just bawling. And somebody said it was the first time in three years that somebody had gone there and done something for the residents of that home. And just so you know, the outreach is like this, and, and we, one of our most consistent, if not our, our most consistent outreach that we do is our nursing home outreach. These things are important. So uh, being involved in something like this, if it's just bringing the card, even if you don't get to go along to distribute it, this stuff's important. So touching people's lives, uh, these, these are the kind of things where the scripture says that they may see your good deeds and in turn glorify your Father in heaven. This is kind of stuff that falls underneath that. So that, this kind of stuff's important, so just, just so you know that. Anyways, if you got your Bibles, uh, we're going to hit some short scriptures. So Isaiah chapter 9, we were there on Sunday, and I was thinking about what I wanted to share tonight, and the Holy Spirit wouldn't let me go off of something. So I'm back to it lest I kick a dead horse uh, with you, though I don't think the horse is dead, nor do I feel like I'm kicking it. Uh, I don't think the Holy Spirit let me go entirely from something I was touching on Sunday, so I'm going to come back to it tonight. So Isaiah chapter 9, in verse 2, then we're going to go to John chapter 1 real quick, then John chapter 8, and a couple of verses in Proverbs, then I'll explain why we're hitting uh, these different passages. So Isaiah chapter 9, and verse number two, really quick. The prophet Isaiah, under the influence of the Holy Spirit, says this, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. And those who dwell in the land of deep darkness, on them a light has shone. John chapter number one. So go to the Gospel of John, and we'll actually be in John chapter number 1, verses 1 through 14 this coming Sunday. But John chapter 1 and verse number 5 will connect this to what we just read. It says, The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not done what? What hasn't the darkness done to this light? It hasn't overcome it. So the prophet Isaiah prophesied 700 years before the birth of Jesus that there's going to be a light coming that will shine in the deep darkness of this world. John, in talking about the word coming, the word being Jesus, we'll talk more about that on Sunday, that this light that comes, it shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not, and by the way, let's, let's add something there, not adding to the scriptures, but put a it cannot overcome it. Do you agree with that statement? The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not, but guess what? The darkness cannot overcome it. Here's one more. John chapter number 8. Stay in the Gospel of John. John chapter number 8 and verse number 12. One of the great I am statements of Jesus in the Gospel of John. There's seven of them. Here's one of them. And again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the what of the world? I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me, now, you can follow Jesus or you can follow other things. Do we not have that choice? 
If you follow Jesus, what are you going to be in? The light. If you follow other things, what are you going to stay in? The darkness. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Without belaboring the point, we're going to talk about this a little bit Sunday. There is a contrast we find in scriptures that was very prevalent today, the contrast between the light and the darkness. Jesus is light. The darkness is the state of the world because of sin, because of evil, because of simple separation from the light, which is God. Right? Okay, keep that in mind. So Proverbs chapter number 12. Two more quick passages in Proverbs, and we'll talk about where we're going to go tonight. Proverbs chapter three, 12, I'm sorry, in verse number 3. It says, no one is, is established by wickedness, darkness. But the root of the righteous, which is about light, will never be moved. Proverbs chapter 19 and verse number 21. One more, and then we'll talk about this. Proverbs 19, 21. Many are plans in the minds of a man... But it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. So what is enduring? What man thinks, what man wants to do? No. What is enduring is the plan and the purpose of God. Now, I want you to think the context of light and darkness and the plan of God. What is enduring the light? What cannot overtake it, what is not enduring, the darkness. Do you realize that eventually the work of God will drive out all the darkness? You know that? There will be a time in a day when all of the darkness is driven out, and ultimately that is one way of saying that is the plan of God. That is where we are headed. But some questions, I guess, that I want to ask you. So, the kingdom of God was inaugurated with Jesus, correct? Jesus is the light that drives out the darkness. But, but how is this done? This is very important. How is this done? How is the light shining how does the light drive out the darkness, and how is it that the darkness does not overtake it? In all of these, the answer is it is the work of God, and in that it is Jesus himself. It is, now, I think, I think this is important because I think sometimes we miss this. We, we like to know that we're saved, and we like to understand that we're forgiven, and we like to know our standing in God. But how are those things accomplished? Because that is important. So in other words, the light is Jesus, and the light shining is him, but he shines because of what he said, and what he did, and what he accomplished. And I think we skip over what he said and what he did and how he did it and get to the fact that I'm saved and we kind of forget about the other stuff. So, kind of like this. It's important to have a grasp on what he did. It's also important to have a grasp on what he did not do. Okay? Because how the light shines and how the kingdom of God moves forward is very important because that is the work of God. That's the plan of God, and anything outside of that is the plan of man, but it's only the plan of God that endures, and the plan of man does not. You see what I'm getting at? So the light is shining in the darkness. That's the enduring work of God. It is Jesus, and then what comes from that? And that is the light that we stand and we live in. But, but the thing about the kingdom of God and the work of God is that, well, 
he ascended. Did he not? And who did he send to us? The Holy Spirit. Now, when Jesus ascended, did the work of the kingdom of God stop? So, so if you were here Sunday, if you missed it, check it out. We talked about this big picture understanding of what the kingdom of God is and what the kingdom of God is doing within the words of the prophetic imagination of the prophet Isaiah. We were in Isaiah 9, 11, 42, and 61, I believe. This work of God that is going forth, this, it is the light that is shining in a dark world, and it goes forth in a certain way, but also goes forth in, in a way that isn't other ways. In other words, how it happens is important. And how it happens is based on what Jesus said, what Jesus did, the model he set for us, and then we see then what did the early church do and how did they continue to build the kingdom with the, the infusion of the Holy Spirit. There is a way that it happens. But it also means there is a way that it does not happen. There is the plan of God and there is the plan of man. You see what I'm getting at? Here's what I think happens. I think that we become very zealous about the work of God in the world, and we should be. Should we not? Very zealous after it. But I think in our zeal, sometimes we forget that the kingdom of God is like a plant that grows. We forget the kingdom of God is like yeast being worked through the dough. Sometimes it's not working fast enough. Or it's not working final enough right now. In other words, I still see a lot of darkness. So now we've got to start to come up with ways to make it happen. And this is what I'm getting at. See, the kingdom of God, where is, where is the kingdom of God? Where is it? Where? Right here. When Jesus prayed, your kingdom come, your will be done, where? On earth as it is where? And where is the kingdom of God then? It's within you. It swirls around you. It works through you. And the kingdom of God does this like a plant that is growing. Do you see how the kingdom grows in your life? You're saved, but is the kingdom growing within you? Do you see how the kingdom is working in your life as yeast through the dough? You, you see how it's happening? There is a, a work that's going on. Is the kingdom of God ever, like, really fast in you, growing? No. It takes time. Is it completely final yet? In a certain sense, you're saved. Yes, it's final. But in a certain sense, you're still being saved, so it's still at work. In a certain sense, we're going to be saved. So this is happening. We live in the tension of a world in now and not yet. Kingdom now, but kingdom coming. Kingdom in fullness, but kingdom in finality to come. Now and not yet. And I think in our zeal, we get frustrated at the pace of the kingdom of God in our world. But here's the thing. Whenever we try to establish the kingdom of God outside of the plan of God, then it becomes man's plans and not God's plans. You see what I'm getting at? <clears throat> so how does the kingdom work? Person-to-person -person salvation. 
That's the kingdom. Growth in a person. The kingdom works because, the kingdom grows because, the kingdom is established because the people who are in the kingdom tell other people about the kingdom. The primary way the kingdom of God spreads is because you share your faith. You share Jesus. Isn't that right? Isn't that what we're told to do? Go into all the world and preach the gospel. That's the, that's the movement of the kingdom. This is the primary avenue of the work of the kingdom of God. The light had come, and it shone in the darkness, and those that called upon it received it. Now we are light bearers. We're light carriers. And we live our life in such a way that others may light their candles at it in order to start a fire in their life. And they turn around and start a fire. That's how the light goes. All this with the help of the Holy Spirit. This is the primary way the kingdom works. Is that correct? That's biblical. <clears throat> but then we get frustrated that it doesn't go fast enough. Or it doesn't stamp out the darkness as much as we want to be stamped out. In other words, even though it's the plan of God, we like to think of different ways that we're going to make the kingdom come and we're going to establish things and, and we're going to make sure that people just know. But this is the plan of God. You see, some of these secondary ways, and I think you can fill in the blanks on, on how you can think about that. Some of the secondary ways that we think we're going to establish the things of God they're not necessarily bad as long as they don't contradict the primary way. Nor contradict the character of those who are supposed to be the light bearers of God. Let me ask you a question. Think of, think of the person that you would admire the most in your life, or somebody you knew personally, or maybe it was a figure out there that you knew, but you thought they were great. You know what I'm talking about? So when I was little, because I didn't know better, it would have been a sports figure. I admired this person on this team because I was a kid and I looked up to it. <clears throat> Are you supposed to become like them? Could there be some things about them? You say, that's admirable. I, I can learn from that. Absolutely. But who are we supposed to be like? Jesus, right? As a matter of fact, let me, let me tell you something that may, may trip your brain for just a second. You can look at all sorts of great figures of the Bible, but you're not called to be like them. So, so, so the person that comes to my mind right away is David. David's a very admirable person in the scriptures. Isn't that correct? I mean, he killed Goliath. Come on. The dude killed a lion and a bear. That's some nice stuff right there. I would like to think that next time I'm out hiking in the mountains, if a bear comes to me, I don't have to worry about it. I'm going to whip this bear. I would like to think that. Probably overestimating myself, but I would like to think I'm like David. That's admirable. But scripturally, does the Bible tell me to be David-like? No. Now, can I learn some things from David? Yep. There are the qualities about him that I can uh, say to have from absolutely. But ultimately, he is not my goal. My goal is to be like who? Okay, now. Why? Because he is the light. He is the light that came into this world that shined in the darkness. Now watch this. And he is the only light that the darkness will not overcome. Did the darkness ever overcome David? Oh, yeah, yeah, just read the stories. Bathsheba, you know, that whole business, and then he, she had, he had her 
her husband killed to cover up his sin, and then, then ultimately the baby died because of his sin. Okay, yeah, the darkness overcame David a little bit. Isn't that correct? Jesus is the only embodiment of the Christian life that darkness will not overcome. Now think about that. In order for the kingdom of God to be established properly in the way of God, then we must do it like Jesus did. And any other way is a way that somehow the darkness has an opportunity to get involved and break it down. That's why I said Sunday, and this, this all comes because of the statement I said Sunday. I was thinking about it. I quit looking for other ways to establish the things of God other than doing it the way the scriptures tell me to do it. Because the authority of God resides in the way of God, in the plan of God, not in the plan of man trying to do it a different way because it's not happening fast enough or not stamping out the darkness enough. Because we don't have patience. We want it now. And we forget the plant's growing. The yeast is being worked through the dough. We get impatient with the tension of a now and not yet. So I have, I have a way for you to think about this. This is a test. Now, you know the answer before you do the test, but if you ever have to run yourself through the test, just do it. You can, you can think of another system, another person, another group of people, however you want to put this, and then ask yourself this question. Did that person, that system, that group of people, that setup, whatever it is, were they sent into this world, God in flesh, as light to the world that darkness cannot overcome? And your answer is going to be no. Did that person, that system, that group of people, that setup, did it inaugurate the kingdom of God? And the answer is did that person, that group of people, that system, that setup, did it die on the cross for our sins? Did it raise from the dead three days later? Is it sitting at the right hand of the Father in glory with all things in submission to it right now? Is it coming to judge the living and the dead and establish the kingdom at some time in the future? Don't look to it to establish the kingdom. Because it is not in a way that the darkness will not somehow, some way, infiltrate it and eventually break it down. And because the plans of man fail, but it is the plans of the Lord that prevail. Jesus, listen to me, Jesus is my example of how to live this life. Jesus is the way of establishing the kingdom. And it's only that way that the darkness cannot overcome it. So all these secondary ways that, that we want to establish God in his kingdom, okay, fine, 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 but they can never replace the simple fact that we are people who have been saved and the kingdom is within us, and we are sharing our faith with others. That's the work of God. If it would have been a different way, he would have done it a different way. Why is it the way he did it? That's in the wisdom of God. Some of it's in the mystery of God. <clears throat> Again, and I, I know this, I'm with you, I wish there was easy buttons for this. Man, hit the easy buttons all day long to do it differently and, and, and almost in a certain way force things to happen and make people be a certain way. And they have to do it. That's not the kingdom. The kingdom of God is not a kingdom that is forced upon other people. It wasn't forced upon you, was it? 
you made the choice to come out of darkness into the light. Why would it be different for anybody else? And how did it happen for you, by the way? Who shared their faith with you? What environment were you raised in? Who was praying for you and fighting for you? How did you come to salvation? In the same way, but a million different ways, is how the kingdom grows. And so I think sometimes, because of our impatience, we get wrapped up in these secondary ways. And then that's where our focus goes, and that's where our zeal goes, and that's where our energy goes. <clears throat> Bring it back out to the zeal of being a light in this world because you have been saved and your life is being changed and you can't contain what's happening, so you simply share your faith. And when they see your good deeds because you're a, a light of a city on a hill, because you're a light that's not being hid under a bowl, but it's out for everybody in the world to see, that they see your good deeds and turn them glorify your Father in heaven. And so the kingdom of God is not like Israel where it was established in certain borders and certain places of land. The kingdom of God is where every person who is saved is standing. The kingdom is right here. And when we jump in the car later, the kingdom's in my truck. And the kingdom's with me as I drive all the way home. Amen. Guess where the kingdom is at 2 o'clock in the morning? Hopefully in my bed sleeping. And it gets up with me tomorrow at probably 5.30, 6 o'clock when I get up. Same with you. That's the kingdom. The kingdom is within you. It's growing. And what are you going to do with it? Participate in all these other things if they don't contradict the way of the primary work of the kingdom. If it doesn't contradict the character of Jesus in you. That the whole business of the fruit of the Spirit, the whole business of picking up a cross to, to lose life in order to have life, that's the kingdom. Don't start to think, boy, that's not the way the world works, so I've got to be like this because that's how the world is. No, 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 he knows how best to reach this world. He knows. So pay attention to what Jesus said, what he did, how he did it. I'm going to tell you something. It's not an easy look to know that Jesus established the kingdom in finality by dying. It's something we don't, it's, it's, it's nice because of what it does for us, but when we think, but maybe, maybe <clears throat> that's the way of life for me, we go, oh, what? time out. Time out, wait a second. No, the, the kingdom works because of self-sacrificial love. Isn't that right? It's the way of the kingdom. That's what, what it says. You gain life because you do what? You lose it. You make a trade. There's dying. There's dying. And there are those of history that literally experienced it. They gave their life for the kingdom physically, literally. It wasn't a spiritual concept. You know, in the early church, in the moments that they, they were being persecuted in, in the different ebbs and flows of persecution by the Romans, it wasn't happening constantly all the time, but ebbs and flows based on uh, who was in charge at the time. They always give them the opportunity to renounce their faith, always. To in turn sacrifice to the Caesar or a local god. And time and time again, they not only renounced the opportunity to do that, but willingly, willingly, because of the life of Jesus, said, I would much rather, as a matter of fact, don't even give me a way out, gave their life as a witness. 
they grasped, they, they had a hold of the way of Jesus in a way I think we lose sometimes. That their witness of death unto Jesus was greater than anything else they could have ever done to think they could establish or push or, or make the kingdom happen. Wait, well, you say, well, how's that even, why does that work? They died, they had nothing more left to say. Their witness in the way of Jesus was greater than anything else they could have done. But they had hold of it. You see? Jesus and his way is our way. That's why I said, I, I, I don't look for other ways to try to make God show up. I don't look for other ways to establish things to, to kind of make people do Jesus' kingdom stuff. We live life in example. We live life vocally. Because then the light, listen to me, the darker it is, the brighter the light shines if we'll shine the light. We think the darker it is, that means maybe the light wasn't working. No, no, no. The darker it is, the brighter the light will shine. If we will learn to do it the Jesus way. That's the light that came and shone in this darkness. And see what I'm getting at? So all these other things, fine and great, but primarily were people who are growing and changing and witnessing and letting the fruit of our life bring glory unto God. Amen? You believe that? Hmm. Well, I don't participate in a lot of this other stuff. I don't get wrapped up in it. I don't worry about it. It doesn't concern me. You see what I'm getting at? Okay. All right. I won't kick that horse no more. Till the next time. Till the next time. Let's pray. While we all stand up, I'll close up in prayer. Oh, Jesus, keep teaching us. Lord Jesus, keep showing us. Keep growing us. Holy Spirit, keep imparting us wisdom. Lord, because we want to be like you. We want to be like you. And I pray within each one of us, the kingdom is growing like that planet. It's like the, the yeast being worked through the dough. And, it, and then the big picture of it, how that's happening in this world that's leading us to your return. Lord, this light that, that you are shining brightly within us and through us. That, that when the world around us sees that light, because the work of the Holy Spirit is attractive to them, or, or when they deny that, it's something they, they, they turn away from. But our light shines in such a way that we're that kind of a witness. That we cause people to see you. And Lord, we know that only happens because we're doing it like you and not by other ways. So help us. Lord, I know sometimes I'm frustrated. I, I want things to, to, to happen faster. I, I want it to be more final in certain ways. I, I know that. I feel that sometimes. Lord, I feel frustrated at times. But every time, Lord, I feel frustrated, bring me back into your wisdom. And remind me of your ways, because your ways are the best ways. So Lord, help me in discernment, help us all in discernment, to live life as you are calling us and leading us to live. 
we just ask for your help. We need you. We need you. But, but in this, this, this world that needs you, let us be a light for you. Impactful, impactful, impactful. I, pr- I pray, Lord, for a, a, ch- a full church because we're shining our light in this world. For as many times as somebody turns away, somebody comes to, to want to know more. For as many times as somebody rejects it, there's somebody that the Holy Spirit grabs hold of and they want that fullness of life. We ask for that. Use us, Lord. In Jesus' name, for your glory. Amen. 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 Well, blessings upon everybody tonight. High five some people. Love on some.